This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to. From the boardroom to the bedroom. Turn off, tune in, and turn on. Join sex and happiness coach Lori Handlers and executive coach Jen Koken as they traverse the worlds of sex, pleasure, power, and partnership. And now, please welcome Lori Handlers and Jen Koken. Hi, welcome back. This is Lori Handlers and Jen Koken, and we are talking about from the boardroom to the bedroom and back. Every show will be about that and a topic, a subtopic of that journey from the boardroom to the bedroom and back. And today we're speaking about I'm not your mommy, nor am I your competition. No, you're not. Yeah. Hey, Lori, how's it going? Oh, I just got you when you were drinking some water. That's okay. It's okay. Um, It's going great. And I love this topic today because I have been in this position before, not so much the mommy. Yeah. Well, I've caretaken people, you know, I like, I'm such a people pleaser. I found myself in that role, taking care of people and had one lover say, you're not my mommy, but not I'm more competition. I more see it as competition. That's really rare. Okay. Well, I know that in like in my early years, I just felt, I felt much wiser than the people I was dating. And so I used to be like their mommy. I used to like try and take care. I think it was a mechanism also to be loved. Like I used to take care of their needs so that I would be needed. Mm. Yeah, I can get that. I think I do that, that too. I've done that. No, that sucks. No so, um, yeah, I broke out of that around the time we met. I knew that was just like a saga that I, I didn't, I wanted that saga to end. So I don't, I feel like um, it's a losing strategy to, to, to get in the mommy role with it, with anybody that we're dating, whether we're dating in the same sex, whether I'm dating a woman, whether I'm dating a man, like mommying, mothering uh, a person that I have attraction to will surefire kill the attraction. Yep. Now, if someone tries to do it to me, like I, like there was a time when I did it, I own that. But now if someone tries to do that to me, I'm I have to point it out mm-hmm. and that we have to say, I have to say, I'm not your mommy. I'm not your mother. I once had to say that to a very famous Tantra teacher, actually. <laughs> so, when, so people have a try to put you in that position. Yes, they have. You, you know, because I thought you were going to talk about how people were trying to mother you. What you're saying is sometimes men or women have, I don't know if it's women or, or because I know it's male lovers for you, but have attempted to put you in the position of mommy. What happened when you did that with the very, fa- I want to hear this. No I, just ha- I had to say, well, I had asked a question. They were on a panel 
and I was in the audience and I asked a question um, and it was very controversial. And then uh, later on, we were in a bar having a drink. And I remember saying to this person, I can't name him. I, I just no, can't. No, 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 don't. Yeah. People can imagine, but I can't name him. Anyway, I looked, we were having a glass of wine and I looked at him and I said, listen, I'm not your mother. You know, you can do whatever you want. I am not sitting in judgment about you. I am not your mother telling you what's right or wrong morally or whatever. I Let's get over that. I had to ask the question. It was right there. I had to ask it. And I'm not your mommy. Mm. And, um, and we laughed and that diffused. That's like what you talked about in the last show, diffusing uh, the, the tension with humor and that's it. And I, I, you know, I've often said that I'm not your mommy. I am not, you know, I can't, even in my job now, I mean, in, in, in teaching about sexuality, a lot of times we have what's called temple nights and people have to ask me, uh, is it okay if they hook up or they don't hook up? And I have to, I have to tell them, you know, you have to have some boundaries. You have to take things slow. You have to whatever. And I'm still not your mommy. You know, one time one of my co-facilitators brought someone to my room. I was the lead facilitator and said, you know, would it be okay if I, had sex with this person right there. The person's in my, in my room. And I said, get out of here. I'm not your mommy giving you permission to go on a date. I like, get out of here. Um, we have rules that we abide by. And if you're asking me and you're asking me right in front of the person, I, I'm like, I'm being put in a bad position here. Don't do it. You know what that reminds me of when I was in, and I didn't realize I was doing this till my mom pointed this out to me. You know, I was very shy in high school and I hung out with some kids that used to get in a lot of trouble, mm -hmm. which that's a whole other show or a whole other podcast about that. <laughs> However, I, there was things I didn't want to do because I just wasn't comfortable or it didn't sound fun to me. And whenever that was the case, I would go, let me ask my mom and uh-huh. And I was like 16, 17 years old, you know, um, or whatever age you would have to, you really didn't need to ask your mother. You know, there's ages where you really do because whatever. And I remember one time, I don't remember, I know I was probably in high school and I said, mom, you know, told her what happened and you know, what somebody wanted to do. She goes, do you want to do that? And I was like, not really. She goes, then just tell him. I said, no, you can blame <laughs> me. I'm like, okay, thanks. <laughs> That's amazing. Because at that age, I would have never asked my mother anything. Like I thought my mother just didn't know anything. So I, I felt like I was her mother. So I wouldn't have asked her anything. So that's, mm -hmm. we had a very different experience of being mothered. Well, I think, you know, I think at the time I just didn't want to do it. So I was using that as an excuse, like in hindsight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Excellent. And then the other piece, this other piece that we're talking about today too, I'm not your competition. So I've heard it. I actually heard it last week too at the dames meeting. Um, very powerful women have a who are heterosexual have a very difficult time finding men who are not threatened by them. Who don't? I'm one of those. I'm yeah. one of those. Yeah. I'm one of those too. And now what I have is, you know, I found a, a uh, 
phenomenal relationship where my partner is very male. He's like super, I don't know if we'd call him macho, but he's like very in his, in his like dark masculine. And so he can, I can totally surrender in the bedroom, but in the boardroom, he works for me. Yeah. And like how, you know, I don't know that I don't, I think that's a unique quality, but I think there are men like that. I mean, I was talking to someone who said, you know, I, I want to meet someone who, you know, out balls me out. Everything's me. And I, you know, I was never attracted to those kind of guys, super alphas. Yeah. I was, I've never attracted to those either, but I'll tell you, um, it's interesting because on one hand I get what they're saying because that even last week I was texting with a guy, we're going to meet up. And he said, Oh my God, you're so accomplished. How does anyone compete? (laughs) And I said, Oh, is this a competition? (laughs) I didn't know, but I really like to win. So can you tell me the rules? (laughs) You know, I, I think, um, I think it goes back to the patriarchal society Mm -hmm. and, women not having role models in the boardroom, role models as leaders. So we default to these very masculine and unconscious masculine, which we talked about on an earlier show, unconscious masculine behaviors. Mm. And me being a, somebody who experienced sexual abuse, there was a long time where I was not comfortable owning my sensuality, my sexuality. And I'll tell you, since being diagnosed with breast cancer and being on the other side of that, I absolutely do now. And I've noticed that as I've been going out, I'm okay with attention because for a long time, I wasn't okay with attention. I didn't want to own my beauty. I didn't want to own my femininity, my, my sexuality, my sen- not my sexual, my sensuality. Mm-hmm. And I think defaulting to those, those masculine traits is for me, I can't say for anyone else has been an excuse not to soften and be willing to be vulnerable because it takes just as much vulnerability from a person in a female body and a person in a male body to then have that push pull, the polarization, the connection, that dance, right. That ebb and flow. But I think I've used it as, Oh, you know, I just can't, I'm too powerful. I can't find the right man. No, I wasn't willing to relax as you said, to relax in the bedroom. But I also have seen you, you know, in partnership with, with Michael, with your partner, where you allow him to lead, like you were on a dance floor and yes, you lead because he works for you, but there's, there's that give and take and that motion. And I think you're both in your divinity. And so it makes, it allows for ease, but I've learned. Yeah. But I had to learn what you just said. I had to learn that I was going to ring the bell, but you went on. Um, Ring it now, ring it now. (laughs) um, I had to learn to, to let go. I had to learn to absolutely let someone else lead and trust someone else to lead. So there's many things that he leads in. I mean, he, he, there's things I can do, but why I, you know, I used to like race to have to do it. Like I'm really good at directions. I'm really good at finding my way in a new city or anywhere in the world. Like my father taught me how to like look up and know where I was. Mm. As long as the sun's out, I know where I am. I know which direction is which, mm. you know, and I, so I, I'm really good at those things and I don't have to do them. He can do all that stuff. He can do everything that he loves doing. And I don't have to prove and say, 
I can do it better. So what? We did have a fight once about me telling him to turn left and he turned right. And, we, and you know, it was really, it was a funny, it was a funny, I was like, why are you turning right? I just said to turn left. I was like, turn left, turn left. And then we got into this whole thing. And I went, why am I fighting about this? This is so stupid. Yeah. So what? He turned right and then we'll make a U-turn and turn back. What's the big deal? So um, I had to learn that too. I had to learn to just like relax and go like he'll handle it. I mean, when I first, you know, when the first wave of feminism came, and I was, you know, I used to march in the streets to take back the night and, you know, all these things. What I was marching for was equal pay and being safe in the streets at night. Mm. I was not, there was no me too yet. There was no, I wasn't bashing men. I just wanted to be safe when I walked at night mm. and I wanted to get paid well. And, um, but I did used to want to open my own car door and if I smoked cigarettes then and I used to want to light my own cigarette. What do you think? These don't work? I can light my own cigarette. And I feel like that has really screwed men up. Yeah. And, and I, they don't know what to do. They don't know if to pay for the lunch they, or the tea or the drink or the whatever. They don't know if they should walk around and open the door. And now I like all that stuff. And, um, when I was dating, which I was a lot, I, if I liked the person, this is just my crazy things. If I liked the person, I would let him pay. If I didn't like him, I would pay. Or I would pay my half. Right. It's like I didn't want to see him again and I didn't want to feel anything like yeah. any kind. Yeah. Interesting. So, so I, that's just my d crazy double standard of things. But I feel like this whole competition thing and being able to be man enough uh, to a woman who's, who's, who has a healthy masculine. Who's, who's man enough. <laughs> yeah. She could run a company. Right. She can manage a bunch of people, probably run a family as yep. well as a single mom and then needs to relax. We're telling her how to be, you and I are telling her how to get into her, her inner happy family and let her body have some say and everything. And now we have to we have to call in some men who know what to do with that body. Well, there's also, and I think we should do another show. I think we should do another episode on this about um, dating, you know, and I'm not your competition because a couple of things as a single person who's dating, I will say, first of all, I rarely meet anybody for dinner anymore. It's usually a coffee because I can mm -hmm. energetically know if I want to connect to this person or right. not. And I'm now learning to say up front, you know, this really, it just isn't it for me. And I appreciate spending time with you. I think you're extraordinary, but I'm going to take my leave. And I'm learning this. I'm learning those boundaries. If it's somebody that I like to be able to say, as we're on a first date or a second date, or even a third day, but usually pretty early on, listen, one of the things I really enjoy, and I don't know how you are about this, but I really enjoy chivalry. I like it when you open my door, I like it when you walk on the outside of the street, I like you, um, even if we're going to, uh, have a drink together knowing what I want and ordering for me, because it makes me feel more feminine. And as a five foot 10 woman who used to be captain of my rugby team in college, <laughs> I want all those opportunities that I can get. I'm still athletic, you know? Awesome. I love that. 
Yeah. That. That's so good. All right. I think that's a really good place to end. And let's do another show where we talk about this and dating. Yeah. And actually talking about how to express boundaries that you have, how to be in the, the being inquisitive and, and discovery with your date. I think a lot of women would, would um, benefit from that. Beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. All right. This is Laurie and Jen signing off for from the boardroom to the bedroom. We want you to come back next time because we're going to have some more to say on this subject. Absolutely. Your mommy and I'm not your your competition. And that goes for dating relationships and everything in between. Thanks, Lori. Always great to be with you. Thanks, Jen. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of From the Boardroom to the Bedroom. We hope you'll join us again next time as we continue to traverse the worlds of sex, leadership, power, and partnership. To find out more about Lori, please visit her website, lorihandlers.com. To find out more about Jen, go to jenkoken.com. Are you a fan of classic cinema or a young person who wants to discover the best films of all times? Do these legendary movies still hold up? On the Generation Film Podcast, two guys who grew up when movies dominated the culture share a great film with a panel of young movie lovers and see how it plays for today's generation. We discuss changes in storytelling, styles, representation, and the making of each film, its initial reception, and how its meaning has changed over the years. Join us as we explore cinema classics across generations on Generation Film. Electric acid.